0: to a recording from saleschatshow.com. To stream or download a huge number of other informative recordings that will power your sales success, please visit www.saleschatshow.com. Really hope you enjoy this session. Thanks for listening. So welcome, folks, to another audio from the saleschatshow.com with Graham Jones, Phil Jessen, and myself, Simon Hazeldean. Um, The topic for today, gentlemen, this morning before I came to meet you to record some more of our saleschatshow.com sessions, I got out of bed early in order to craft a sales proposal for a potential new client. That's how that's our dedicated mm-hmm. <clears throat> dedicated I am. I have to admit to a slight faux pas this morning, is I had to get up early to do that. Mrs. Hazeldeen, my good lady, did not have to get up early, and I accidentally let our ginormous Great Dane dog out, and she decided to go and say good morning to my wife by shoving her wet nose in my wife's face while she was fast asleep. I received what we at the sales chat show would call feedback It, it certainly wasn't according to the standard of feedback we would see as acceptable from a good sales manager gentleman. Let's just, let's just put it that way. So I should I shall give my wife some coaching when I get on how to package feedback appropriately. So um, that aside, um, what, what that maybe uh, reminded me was that the gentleman who I was writing the proposal for as someone I worked for in a former life, or sorry worked with as a colleague in in a former life, and we've kept in touch with each other. Now a lot of my business, a lot of my new business, comes in from networking, if you like, in its in its in its broadest sense. So it just made me think that and this is the second this is the second time that I have got a significant new client and a piece of work from from someone within this organization that I worked in previously. So I think the best practice is firstly, I have kept in touch with those people, so we are connected via LinkedIn. And I've also maintained a profile in front of those people. So I think this is about how do you best keep yourself front of mind, and this would include existing clients, so they think about you for new parts of business. Um, old clients who maybe you've done a piece of work for them and you've met that satisfied the original requirements, how do you keep in front of mind for those? And then also potentially people you've not done business with before. Because certainly what happens in the industries that I work in is that people, if they are career ambitious, they move from job role to job role. They'll move from one job role to a similar job role in another company. Or also I think people and all people work and move within industry sectors, which therefore means if you've done a great piece of work for a client in an industry, they move to another customer or another company within that industry, you've got obvious expertise that you, could, that you could bring. So firstly, I guess, let's talk about how do you keep in touch with these <coughs> people? How do you connect with and keep in touch with these people? And secondly, how do you keep, keep front of mind? And for me, an anchor point here is LinkedIn. Mm. So certainly, I, Systematically and with a fairly good degree of discipline, I would say I make contacts with people consistently on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile is up to good standards, and secondly, um, I put content posts, etc., on LinkedIn. And an interesting thing recently is the, you know, you can put an update on LinkedIn, you can also put a post on LinkedIn, and I have got thousands and thousands of people looking at. Those longer posts on LinkedIn, so that's a way of keeping yourself in front of them. You've got you've got a little bit of their attention and mind space. Your your thoughts on doing this as a way of well, Mr. Jones business. is our expert in this area. One <laughs> of my
1: neighbours and um, friend, who our children go to the same school, uh, he works for a large uh, insurance uh, pensions business, and um, his. Company obviously has a LinkedIn page and he has a LinkedIn profile and so I said to him ages ago, we you know we ought to connect on LinkedIn. And then yeah, you know, as things happen, you know, we don't bump into each other at school for ages. And uh, I see him after a couple of months I haven't seen him. I said, oh I haven't seen you in ages. And he said, well I don't need to see you in ages. I said, what do you mean? He said, I know every bloody thing you're up to. <laughs> and I, he said, there isn't a day that goes past when I don't see your name. And I said, do you find it annoying? He said, no. He said, because I skipped past it. Yeah. Yeah, unless you say something that's interesting to me and my pensions business. He said, but it does mean I remember you. It does mean I've never forgotten you.
0: Yeah.
1: And in fact, about a month after that, a member of his company needed advice on um, doing some internet stuff. It wasn't LinkedIn, but it was about their website. And they were just chatting you know, in the coffee lounge or whatever at work. Um, and he said, well, I know just the person you need to speak to. Yeah. And so he recommended me to do some work for their business
0: simply because he couldn't think of anybody else's name because he always knew me. <clears throat> I was always front of mind. And you've dominated his mind space for... Yeah. Internet ex. Yeah.
1: Basically. So a lot of the time he'll skip past what I'm doing, but he's seen my picture, he's seen my name, and you know occasionally he'll say, "Oh, what's Graham what up to?" A lot of the time he won't, but it means he can't
0: not remember that I exist. Yeah.
2: Because the the actual specific
0: contact that I was doing the work for this morning, I think, because I, I asked him when we spoke on the phone, um, you know, how did you how did you come to think of me? We'd worked together previously, and he said. Oh, I, I see your stuff, something like I see your stuff on LinkedIn and I remembered that you had run a similar thing for us in the past. So A, obviously you've had to have done a good job previously, but secondly, there is definitely I don't think he would have contacted me and he contacted me via LinkedIn. Yeah. So if they lose your contact details, which is often gonna happen, i uh, they haven't got the business card, that yeah. anybody uses those as much as a business. What's a business card? They know to find you on LinkedIn, that's probably the first place they're going yeah. to look. But then I had kept in front of his mind, in front of his attention, and reminded him, reminded him I was there. So every former customer, every existing customer, and probably every contact you've ever had in any of those, and in anywhere else you worked, is a potential source of a referral, or in your yeah. case, it was, rec- was a recommendation, wasn't it? It was. but. I Recently, I drove past a customer,
1: their their offices, and I hadn't done any work for that business for about two years, eighteen months or two years. I've just just coincidentally happened to be driving past where their offices were, and I thought I must get in touch with them to find out how they are, because I I felt very guilty at not having been in touch, and I thought I just altogether I wasn't any ulterior motive to selling anything or whatever. When I got back to my office, there was an email from them, and I thought, my. Goodness, this has worked through ether. <laughs> this is, I, I somehow psychically got them to email me, and they were emailing me about asking me to do some more work for them. And when I went and saw them and said, this is a real coincidence because I only drove past you the other day and thought about you, and then I get an email from you. I said, you know, I feel very guilty at not remembering you in the last two years. They said, look, we know about you every week. You know, you're always on my mind. And I said, well, why? He said, well, we get your newsletter get yeah, your newsletter every week. So we've always, we've
2: always been reminded of the kind of things you do. But you're still there. Now <clears throat> is the time
1: right for us for you to do some more work for us. In between time, it wasn't. Mm. But we wouldn't go to anybody else because we're always
2: reminded of you. Yeah. In my uh, world, one of the one-liners that uh, you've heard me use is uh, become an expert in the customer's world or the prospect's mm. world. So one of the things that, uh, I do a lot of, to stay front of mind, is that if I see things um, in magazines or newspapers or on the web that I think are of interest to a tyre manufacturer or a retailer or yeah. a chemical company or whoever my client is, uh, then I will very often cut that out or send it or post it or whatever, drawing their attention to it. You know, dear Ty, have you seen this? thought it might be of interest. It's literally two lines, but yeah. it shows that I'm tuning into their world, it shows that I'm interested in them, um, and very often, uh, some months later, uh, people will remember me because I have shown an interest in them yes. at a time yeah. where there was no possible business going on, but I've been there for them in the quiet times, not just when mm. there was a sniff of an order, obviously that's important.
0: And that's a great great tactic, and that reminds me, and we we all have a a colleague in the professional speaking world called Frank Furness, who is a a South African by background, and Frank speaks on sales and sales technology. And I've heard Frank talk about a concept he calls 10-touch, which is reach out and touch the customer 10 times a year. So I guess things off the top of your head that you could come up with in terms of Graham is doing that on a weekly, in fact, yours will be 52 weak touch in terms of the newsletter, there is, um, now LinkedIn, Frank is talking about making a direct contact with that customer, so those LinkedIn things I think are more general, so this is things you can specifically do. So Phil's example, and I think it would be very powerful, sending physical things, so I think a combination of email contacts, sending them a link to something very interesting on on, a website. That's relevant to them or their industry. You could you may have more than one client in an industry, so Phil could have taken that article and scanned it okay. and then emailed it to five or six people mm-hmm. who are in the automotive, for example, industry. There's invitations to events that you receive that are not relevant to you. You could pass yeah. on to pass on. And it doesn't sometimes, or invitations to your own events, it doesn't sometimes matter whether they turn up. You mm-hmm. still Offered them and you've made that invitation. So perhaps a combination of phone calls, yeah. emails, texts, sending them links to articles, sending them reports, sending them to uh, you know various places, and also perhaps snail mailing them things physically. Uh, you know, could be all sorts of all sorts of different Is such things. F- <laughs> 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 yeah, and funnily enough. It's become a really good way to get people to pay attention to everybody else. To do because when's the last time you received an article from a supplier where they have taken the time and trouble to attach it, even if it's just a little cover and compliment slip yeah. that yeah. said, Simon, I, I, saw th- I saw this article and due to the such as so something personal, not just thought of you, which might look like a marketing thing. I Phil, like I saw this and I know we were talking yeah. about touch 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 your customer and also
2: of course with the wonders of linkedin um, there's a nice personal element to that so very often when i see on linkedin that somebody i know customer or prospect is having a birthday uh, then there's an opportunity there i never do it in a cheesy way i normally do it a very light-hearted way uh, the other day i uh, sent an email uh, an email to a customer saying simply uh, adrian today seems to be another day for yet another candle. And uh, yes. he sent back a reply saying to them, well, unlike your cake, Phil, there's still space on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um And that, I think, is nice yeah. because it's a little bit of humour. Yeah. The yes. right side of the line is just two seconds here, two seconds there. But it shows that I've spotted that it's yeah. his birthday. I'm not going to make a big thing about it and start singing over the phone. Um, but, um, but I'm just I'm sort of acknowledging that I know it's his
0: birthday and he's, he knows what that I'm still there. Yeah, what you have done, I think,
2: is you've shown that it's
0: personalised. Because all of us, I'm sure, get hundreds of Facebook happy oh. birthdays and things. And they're just clearly the default. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, but Phil's, gone, Phil's taken a little bit of extra care, which I think will be noticed. It's the same as connecting people on LinkedIn and just mm-hmm. using the standard it, invitation request. It's yeah. not personal. It, yeah. personal. it is that personal thing that's important. So a lot,
1: I think I, the mistake a lot of salespeople make is that they sign up their customer for the newsletter. And think that that's giving them their monthly or weekly yeah. touch, but it isn't because all that's doing is connecting the business to the yeah. customer, it's not yeah. connecting the salesperson. So, ideally, each salesperson will have their own individual newsletter for their own groups mm-hmm. of customers. Now, of course, that might be cumbersome, difficult, costly, all those kind of things, but there are some practical things you can do that make it a bit more personal. So, one of the things that you could do is use Evernote. So, Evernote.com is A note-taking system, compiling system, what you can then do is you can create a notebook for each individual customer. And every time you see something interesting, whether it's a web page, whether it's something you scan in, whether it's just something you type in as a note, and you put it in that notebook, because you've shared that notebook with that customer, they get an alert that there's something new from you, from you, the, the person who's found something interesting for them, and they can just see that that notebook. So you could create a series of these shared notebooks for each individual customer, and every time you see something interesting, now it might be applicable to 20 different customers, and you just drop it into those 20 notebooks, that's easy to do, on Evernote. that's not a problem, and you only do it once, and you just assign it to all the, the, the notebooks, but each of those 20 customers get an individual notice that something important and interesting to them has arrived in their notebook.
2: Mm. And so, that's another way of keeping in front
1: of people's mind, but making it more personal to them. You know, yeah. I just found something interesting to do.
0: And evernote, you can definitely there's an app, isn't there, which will interface across your devices as yeah. well, so you can have it on your tablet, on your laptop, and yeah. then also well, on no, your as well. sync with each other. Yeah. So, so wherever you are, well, wherever you are, could, could use could save some downtime, yeah. or oh, sorry, make use of downtime.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you'd be, yeah. Another thing that um, I often do to. Uh, stay front of mind is to connect my customer with somebody that I think would be of value to them mm. yeah. so it's as simple as an email saying you know dear Keith thought you might like to meet Roger he does this this and this uh, just the sort of thing that you'll be looking at in the next six months yeah. uh, so they both get some value out of it but once again ten seconds from me Phil's still around and he's adding value yeah not pestering me yeah. and uh, yeah. that again i think works very well and i think so the concept of the,
0: the, the temp up sort of borrowing from frank furnace here i think is the, the key thing is you're sending things that are relevant and valuable to the customer as a way of keeping front of mind so when the time is right you're able to make a proactive sales approach or indeed you respond to their request which obviously is a far more advantageous position for you because they've asked to see you. A good friend of mine, uh, John, one of my my colleagues, he has a great expression. He always says, are you in the customer's useful box? What he means by the useful box is a sort of like a metaphor for the customer has this imaginary box on the desk where they have useful suppliers and people who are helpful. Mm-hmm. And he says, you want to be, have the reputation to be in that person's useful box and remind them of the fact that you're useful on a regular basis. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when they have a problem or an opportunity or a challenge, they say, okay, who do I know and you need to be in that mind space of that, of that customer. Mm-hmm. And obviously the more value you add to a
2: customer relationship. Yeah. A the quality of that's a nice quality. a nice mm-hmm. issue reminder. <laughs> yeah, a way what of, we're talking about here is a nation to it right, in right. a box. You
1: know. I'd not give it the ten points a year though. yes. I'd yes. say it's probably you need know, ten times a month. Okay. okay. And because the sheer volume of stuff that people get these days means that in order to be visible you've got to be there many more times. Yeah. Whilst a lot of, so it's back to my my friend who, you know, sees loads of stuff from me on LinkedIn. If I'd only had, you know, one thing going on LinkedIn every other day, it would disappear because every time he logged into LinkedIn, I could we way down the page. Mm -hmm. So in order to be visible, you've got to post much, much more material. And so that means you've got to send more emails, you've got to send more newsletters, you've got to, you know, people who do a monthly newsletter, forget it because people are just not reading them. Mm. You've got to be more frequent than that. So it's about visibility. In order to be visible, you've got to make these touch points much much more frequent. Yeah. So I think I think maybe ten times a year probably works in some circumstances. Okay. But in a lot of circumstances it probably is less likely to work because people have so much more information coming to them than
0: ever ever before. That you become invisible every ten times a year. So Graham's advice folks is ten is probably the minimum yeah. I'm guessing a year and maybe 10 times a month. I mean, it would depend on the frequency and how well you do it and so on and so forth. But the more frequent, the
2: better the the visibility. I I guess we tailor it, don't we? We'll we'll know from the customer, let's say, what value they're getting out of that. And at some review meeting, we might ask the question, how do you feel about something? Oh, yeah, keep them coming, keep them coming. Or somebody might say, actually, enough. Uh, Once Mm -hmm. every now and again, is fine. So we can tailor it.
0: It, I, just, I just think there's a, there's a whole host of things we've got here, particularly from online sources that, you know, YouTube videos and blog posts and articles, etc so I think you'd find it really tough
1: to find a customer saying you send sent them too much material, I think you find it really tough to find people like that unless you're going to tell me that every customer has told you you've told them you sent too much you really find it difficult because they don't see as much as you say You know, did you get my newsletter? Mm. And they go, yeah, we get every month, they don't you send you know three a week mm. because it, there's so many other things that they mm. get. They don't so see it. Occasionally it will pop out because of a good subject line or because they just happen to be looking at that particular time. They just happen to be on LinkedIn when you make mm. a post. But you know they don't sit there on LinkedIn waiting for your material. Mm. They go onto to LinkedIn to do something, and if your stuff happens to be there on the you know in that bit of the page where they scroll down and will see it, otherwise
2: mm. they won't see
1: it. Yeah. And consequently, if you're not doing loads of stuff, you do become invisible.
2: And I guess um, the stuff that we're sending through can be uh, recycled with a different title, a different label, a different theme, a different header of some sort. Yeah. So although nine months later it might be the same thing, um, it doesn't appear to be the same thing. So you can uh, send it out again, can't you? Well, I sent out a blog post yesterday uh, from two years
1: ago. Um, and loads of people came coming back to me saying, oh, that's really interesting. And mm. then I thought, well,
0: you haven't noticed the date, you know. Because yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> don't look at the date, they look at the content. Well, if your yeah. content's ever and then uh, you can And Graham, um, the, the point, we were recording a session um, earlier on today, and we were talking about selling by email, so if you haven't heard that session, i before agreed to get hold of. Just remembering that we talked then about the importance of subject lines and I would say I get your newsletter as well and you are really good at your subject lines. You are posing things in your subject lines that often make me want to look at it. And I know looking look at it all the time, as you've as you said, but you're very good at crafting. You obviously spend time on those subject lines to hook people's attention.
1: I do, and I think about the, the question, the subject that
0: I'm going to use, quite a long time. Yeah. And I will play a part of it. Because not only has it got to fit the, the space, that's another thing that people don't realise about newspapers. They don't write the, the headline and then
1: decide on the type size. Yeah. They decide on the type size and then write the headline. So the type size might say you've only got six characters per line. And so not only do you then have to write a headline that's in three lines of six characters, but it's also got a subtle story, get people to buy the paper, all of that, with just a limited number of characters. They don't say, well, here's a headline, and now it's changed the type size to feed. Yeah. So equally, in when you think about an email newsletter or anything you're sending, whether it's a LinkedIn post or you know, an Evernote update, the space you've got is about thirty characters. Yeah. Because that's the width of most people's um, you know, email inbox or whatever whichever way you're delivering this material. So you've got to do it in less than thirty characters probably. And that then means that you've got to say everything and grab people's attention. So you've got to spend time yeah. on the on the headline of whatever it is, whether it's an email or a LinkedIn post or a blog post or you know whatever touch Bit you're having with people, uh, even your, you know, here's a, a,
0: a cutting that I found. Mm. Yeah, that's got to probably, you know, sell the whole story in 30 characters or less. Yeah, and there is, there is, I mean, there's, there is, there is a certain art to this and a certain science to this, isn't it, which can, which can be learned. And, you know, some of the. I teach it. Yes, totally. yeah. And certain very famous copywriters have told me that use of the word you will tend to be quite effective yeah. because it's a very appealing word, or it contains something that is of direct interest to yeah. in that person, and that's about understanding your customer and what they're interested in. I have a
2: question for Mr. Jones. Uh-huh. Um, I to send out a piece of content yeah. to my customer base. Um, let's, see, let's imagine it was titled... Uh, Five Tips for Improving That, and um, a certain number of people read it. When I rewrote it, but in a negative sense, it was then titled uh, Five Ways to Lose Your Customers in a Week. It got a lot more readers. So why would that Five Ways to Lose Your Customers be more... Because
1: psychologically, we always prefer to avoid something rather than gain something. So we're always looking to stop a loss rather than gain. Something. So if, if all your headlines are about avoiding some kind of loss, then you're much
0: more likely to get
2: than somebody who gains. Than tips and guidelines.
0: So neuroscience shows us that in the more primitive regions of the brain, the two powerful driving forces, largely unconscious and instinctive, move away from pain a move towards pleasure, away from discomfort, towards yeah. comfort. And the primary motivator from a survival point of view that kicks in first is the avoid yeah. and the move away from which I think yeah. sort of probably explains the, the yeah. neuroscience behind yeah. the behind the Absolutely. psychology. And by the way, a bit of a tip just as we just as we finish, not a bad sales strategy, full stop actually. Work we'll out what your customers' problems and challenges and they want to move yeah. away from yeah. towards towards the happy land and positioning yourself as a person who Person who does that. So yeah. here at saleschatshow.com, we love customers with problems. Yeah, because <laughs> we've got something, we've got something to sell to. So yeah. keep front of mind, folks. Keep touching your customer in those many, many different ways, and. Certainly when they're ready, they'll contact you, and then it also, I think, even if they don't contact you, it softens them up for an approach by you, because you'll then be someone who's added value to them, so being that valued and trusted person, get in their useful box and make sure you stay there. So this is Graham Jones, Phil Jesson, and Simon Hazeldean. Thank you for listening to this recording from the saleschatshow.com. You have been listening to a recording from saleschatshow.com. To stream or download a huge number of other informative recordings that will power your sales success, please visit www.saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening.